Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. My guest on the Goodyear Hotline, Moose Johnston, later today with reaction. My old buddy Sean Salisbury in Houston. Boy, the timing of that couldn't have worked out better. He's going to join us coming up. The list today is Valentine's Day related, and it's fun. We'll take your calls a little later on the most important issue in football. Hembo is here. Bubba is here. Let's go. But we're going to begin in the only place that we possibly can. Here we go. Only one place to start. All right, and the one place to start is with the breaking news, and it was just moments ago. Breaking news from Houston. J.J. Watt has been released by the Houston Texans. Watt announced this himself on Twitter. He put a video up on Twitter. He wrote above it, I wanted you to hear this from me, and then he recorded a video that he put up on Twitter. I have not been able to hear it because I was live on television, uh, but Adam Schefter paraphrased it saying that J.J. Watt asked for his release. He wanted out of Houston. He wants a ch- and, and he um, and, and so thus he received his release, and he says that he still wants to play. He's 31 years old. He is the most famous player in Houston Texans history by a wide margin. Andre Johnson is a great player who played there. DeAndre Hopkins is a great player who played there. Deshaun Watson, of course, is a great player who at least currently is playing there. But if you were to describe someone as being the face of the Houston Texans, it is obviously J.J. Watt, who, among other things, raised $37 million after Hurricane Harvey in Houston became legendary for that, won the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award in in an easy choice for doing that. He's one of the great defensive players the league has seen in recent memory, has Defensive Player of the Year multiple times. I have Hembo here. Throw some of those in as you can as you are typing things up. There it is. Three Defensive Player of the Year Awards. He's one of only three players to do that. The three players who've been named Defensive Player of the Year three times are Lawrence Taylor, Aaron Donald, and J.J. Watt. That's how good J.J. has been over the years. He's now 31 years old. He has made $101 million in his career. So let's get to Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. The next step for J.J. is not the most interesting part of the story today. Obviously, he's a very big name, and Bart Scott just said to me on television, he still can be an effective player as a situational pass rusher. Maybe he will want to go down to Pittsburgh and play with his brothers, both his brothers, who and the three of them are very close, are on the Steelers right now. One of them, TJ, might very well be the best defensive player in the sport. Could have won Defensive Player of the Year this year. He's a, an absolutely brilliant player. So maybe he winds up in Pittsburgh. We'll see. Where J.J. Watt winds up, with all due respect to him, and he is an all-time great, is not the most interesting thing. The most interesting thing is what in the world is going on in Houston. This just continues. Jeremy Fowler with the Straight Talk. Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. My NFL insider, Jeremy, who was just on TV with me for two hours, joins me on the Goodyear Hotline. I mean, Jeremy, what what should we read into this? I I feel like we sit here every single day, and I'm going to go live to Houston in about 15 minutes to get an answer to this as best we can. We sit here every day and say, why is everyone racing out of Houston? They're not the only bad team in the league. What is going on down there, Jeremy? <laughs> well, it's you have a uh, green. You have a, a young owner, Cal McNair, took over obviously for his father, um, who is considered inexperienced. And a lot of people believe that Jack Easterby, who is the executive vice president of football operations has wielded a lot of power from Cal, and Cal has let him do that. Um, and so, like, you know, Deshaun Watson's issue 
is with ownership because he's the one making that call. And of course, you know, Watson had his issue with uh, not having say in the personnel decisions with the GM and the head coach hiring, even though he was promised that he, he you know, sort of felt lied to. Uh, but I think it comes down to just the culture fit and a franchise that's going in the wrong direction. Doesn't have a lot of talent. Doesn't seem to really know uh, how to get the right pieces in place, even though GM Nick Casario is considered very good. So I think he's a good hire. Um, but these players are just sort of seeing, you know, just the writing on the wall here. J.J. Watt had one year left. It made sense to cut him. So he knew he was asking for something that the Texans were willing to give him. All right. And, and so this is, um, there's that piece of it. There's the J.J. Watt piece of it. And I want to give him his due because his tenure in Houston, I just mentioned it. He's one of only three players ever to win defensive player of the year three times. He's been a great player. But all roads lead to Deshaun with this. And you told us on television today that you have seen at least a partial list of places he's interested in going. Uh, For those who are not with us on TV this morning, Jeremy, run through what you know about Deshaun's wish list. Yeah, so he's got a list of teams that he's at least intrigued by. You know, I'm told that uh, Denver, San Francisco, Miami are among some of those teams. Uh, You know, he's pretty open-minded, wants to go to a winner. Um, But he's got to wait this out. He's he's dug in. I mean, he's willing to wait, but... uh, Texans GM Nick Casario has made very clear to any team's calling that he's not going to do a deal. And those people believe him, at least right now, because he comes from the Patriots tree where you don't let players dictate decisions and, and, you know, you hold the power. And so this is one situation that both sides are dug in, and this could very well bleed into the offseason. Um, you know, I think teams are just hoping that eventually they make a good enough offer that makes them move on it. Yeah, this is Jeremy Fowler with me with The Scoop. The Scoop. You mentioned three teams, Denver, San Francisco, Miami, as places he'd be interested in going. There's one that you left off somewhat notably, at least as far as I'm concerned. What can you tell me about that? <laughs> well, I, you do have the New York Jets, of course, which have uh, a, a beautiful location in New Jersey and lots of good draft picks to offer, a young, energetic coaching staff. They've got it all, right? Um, and, I, you know, from what I'm told, Deshaun Watson uh, doesn't have them high on his list. I, you know, the, when I talked to a source, the way I asked it is, well, Miami and New York have the most draft capital to make something happen. They said, well, yeah, Miami would probably be the favorite in that case. But I think Deshaun Watson's plan is the anywhere but Houston plan. And so if New York makes the best offer and the Texans tell Deshaun, hey, take it or leave it, he might take it. Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance, making it easy to bundle your home and car insurance. My NFL insider, Jeremy Fowler, with me uh, just moments after this big breaking news. J.J. Watt released from Houston. I'm going to ask you to do something all reporters hate to do, and that is guess. Is your gut feeling, Jeremy, from the people you talk to, that Deshaun will be traded before the draft or no? My gut feeling is yes. But, it, man, it could go either way. But I just think he's going to get a good enough offer where you're like, hey, I can start new here as a new GM and get four first-round picks or three and a really good player, um, rebuild things, and, and start from scratch. I think that will be the eventual uh, situation. But yeah. he's dug in, man. It could go either way. As, as opposed to a disgruntled superstar who, at best, you're Correct. bringing him in and he's going to be unhappy. All right, Jeremy, terrific work this morning, terrific work here. Thank you for jumping in. Again, the breaking news, J.J. Watt has been released from the Texans. He asked for his release and received it. What does this mean for Deshaun? And what is going on in Houston? We were planning this anyway. It couldn't have worked out better. My old buddy, Sean Salisbury, is doing sports talk down there in Houston. He is very close to the situation. He will be able to give us as good an answer as anyone to the following question. 
Why is everyone racing out of there? And what does it mean for Deshaun Watson and the entire future of the NFL? He'll answer those questions next. Don't miss it. Just getting started. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute. But Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. All right, the breaking news in just the last 25 minutes. J.J. Watt, legendary defensive player, three-time NFL Defensive Player of the Year, former Walter Payton Award winner as the Man of the Year for raising $37 million for the residents of Houston after the, the devastation of the hurricane there, has asked for his release from the Texans family and has, or the, the Texans organization and has been granted that. Uh, quickly, I just listened to the video. I told you he did it on Twitter in a, two, a video that is two minutes and two seconds long. He thanks everyone. It's mostly directed at the fans and the people of Houston. He mentions everyone from, like, equipment people to people who stop him in the street to everybody else. He does mention at the very end the McNair family for about two seconds. Very, very quickly. No emotion whatsoever. Nothing direct. But he does mention the McNair family for whatever that is worth. The other thing I can tell you is, in case you're wondering what's going on down there, Jeff Darlington, another of our insiders, posted on Twitter 12 minutes ago. These are the departures from Houston since Jack Easterby was hired there in April of 2019. The general manager, gone. DeAndre Hopkins, gone. Bill O'Brien, gone. The head of PR, Amy Palchik, gone. The president of the organization, Jamie Roots, gone. The team captain, J.J. Watt, now gone. And as Jeff writes, each move deserves individual evaluation. But just look at those job titles. That, it all leads you to ask the question, what the actual heck is going on with the Texans? And I have called up my old friend Sean Salisbury, who, again, is doing a sports talk in Houston and can get us a look at the situation. And he joins me on ESPN Radio. Good morning, Sean Salisbury. Greeny, great to be with you, brother. Thanks for having me on, bud. Well, it's been a long time. So, and look, listen, help me, because I'm sitting up here and I'm watching all this stuff happening down there. And I keep, all of a sudden, Jack Easterby, it feels like, has become one of the five most powerful people in the National Football League. And no one even knows who he is. But the organization seems, for one reason or another, to have sided with him against all the other people that we've just gone through here. I'm giving you the floor. What is going on with the Texans? Well, first off, Greeny, if you and if you don't have your religious affiliation at the top of your resume, mm. you probably feel non-inclusive and on your way out the door here and uncomfortable, which is number one. Number two is think about the two most powerful people in this organization, the owner 
Cal McNair, and Jack Easterby. And neither one of them have any football business savvy. And neither one of them have any football business when it comes to X's and O's. And they're running an organization. And it's obvious that while those guys you named on the way out the building, uh, a couple of them had a knife in their back. I've never seen a situation where a guy whose resume uh, in Jack Easterby can control the owner's ear more than anybody I've ever, ever seen. It is this dysfunction on green. That's saying a lot considering the sports teams we have. But the dysfunction isn't, well, bad X's and O's. We know that. But you think about this. If this franchise was not protected by the NFL shield or they did not have that the backing of the NFL or the fact that the NFL always makes money, this business would be boarded up and closed down. Lack of leadership, poor product, treat employees poorly. This is as, uh, this is as poorly run a franchise as there is. And the guy who's got the most say in it, Jack Easterby, resume says – shouldn't be in charge, but he is, Green. He's got more power than the owner right now. That, that's right. And, and so I'm so glad you said all of that because you know this better, far better than I could possibly know it. Why? Why is this happening? I, th- I think that's the question a lot of people have. Well, I think first off that you've got a, that an owner that is, quite frankly, Greeny, when it comes to football, clueless. Mr. McNair, his father, had great respect in this city. But it's just the simple, hey, we're going we're gonna to give you an organization and, the, and his mother give him an organization that he doesn't know how to control. And somehow, some way, and I don't know if it's master manipulator, wolf in sheep's clothing. I've never met Jack Easterby, and I'm usually a glass half full and give people the benefit of the doubt. But there's so much smoke that this kindling has turned into a major fire. And when you have the ear, and it's, listen, you, Jamie Roots didn't leave because he wanted a new opportunity, in my opinion, and this city's opinion. Jamie Roots left because it's kind of like that college coach who gets out before recruiting violations come down. Mm. Jamie Roots left because he realized that this is something that's out of control. J.J. Watt wanted to release, yes, his brothers are out there and go play somewhere else. He knew that this thing was spiraling out of control. I've never seen anything like it, and I've never seen anything like a guy coming in having this much pull for a resume that says, hey, man, we'll, we'll hire you as an intern. Hopefully you can move through this thing. He's a former chaplain who's in charge of the football team. It's Greeny and Sean Salisbury is with me on the Goodyear hotline, helping you discover the road ahead. Goodyear more driven. Obviously, Sean, for all of us across the country, the, the most interesting part of all of this, and I find it all interesting, but the most interesting part is that Deshaun Watson, who is a top, I don't know, three or four quarterback in the league and is 25 right. years old and under contract and is of impeccable character, who everybody loves. He's, he's, he's a dream. Like, this is a miracle yes. that has befallen your organization. Agreed. How did they manage to alienate him to the point where he is now telling everyone he won't play for them no matter what? I'm on Deshaun Watson's side with this, Greeny. And some, you know, we, the old school is, well, you're under contract, you play. But like a marriage... You can be happy in six months, and then six months later, somebody loses trust. And when you've, been, when you've told Watson, and every move you've made has been distrustful, and you told him you were going to give him, say, Deshaun didn't go in and beg for, for say in this organization. They came to him and said that they'd get his input, and they didn't. So now we've got a situation where it continues to crumble around what I think is the second biggest asset in the league for the next seven to ten years behind Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. There is no bigger asset in the league the next decade. You're right, impeccable human impeccable character. I don't blame him. And Greeny, I rarely say this. If I was Deshaun Watson, I'd want out too. Because even with him, I don't know how he fixes this. And I don't know if he's going to get out. Now, I think you'd be insane to trade him. I I, I think you'd be, and they say they're not going to trade him, but I think you'd be insane 
to trade him. But with this that's happening, do you really trust that the front office still isn't entertaining those offers as they continue to tear down a franchise? Deshaun Watson should stand firm and force their hand because you are going to waste one of the best assets in the league's career. And when you lose that trust, it's hard to get trust. It's easy to lose it, and it's even harder to get back. Deshaun Watson, this city will – their head will explode if Deshaun Watson isn't on the Texans. And they're 4-12 and 12 with him. Imagine where they're going. They'll be picking first without him. Yeah, I mean, the, the truth is, and I did an essay about this on TV, he had one of the great seasons – in NFL he history did. for a quarterback this past year. That's not an exaggeration for a team that's on that went 4-12. and 12. And, Desha- and Deshaun, they were, they were within touchdowns late. He's the number one by pro football focus, the number one two-minute quarterback in the league. And, Greeny, think about this, too. They had, and Rich Gannon and I were talking about this on my show, that he had like 50-plus plays a game. So some people say, well, he built these stats up, throwing it, you know, being 65, 70 plays a game. They had less plays than most. This is a phenomenal human being with phenomenal character who lost trust. And I'm not sure no matter what you do, as long as Cal McNair is the owner and he's going to be and Jack Easterby's in the front office and he's going to be, I'm not sure it's fixable. Sometimes things are fractured and maybe Pep Hamilton or David Culley can fix this. But it seems to me if you're Deshaun Watson, you want to go not only where you feel that you can be trusted, but that you trust the organization. This is one of the finest players in the league. I'll tell you this. If Deshaun Watson, as much as I love Mahomes and he's the best, if Deshaun Watson was in Kansas City this year, they would have still been in the Super Bowl. If Mahomes was a quarterback in Houston, they would have been 5-11, and 4-12, and 6-10. That's how much he had to overcome. I completely agree. I, I, I'm so glad to hear you say that. I, quarterback, every, every player in the National Football League, to some degree, is a system player, right, Sean? I mean, everyone is a product yes. of the circumstances around them. This isn't basketball where you just go and you right. can be dominant regardless of the circumstances. A quarterback can only function as well as the things around him. And what is amazing is that Houston Texans are right now 397 days removed from a moment in which they were beating Kansas City 24-0 in a playoff game. And they were in the playoffs. They were beating Kansas City 24-0. How would you, how did they get from that to this in basically 13 months? Crumble. And, you know, Denny Green, God rest his soul, my former coach used to always tell us, plan your work and work your plan. And people always have a role. They don't know who's in charge, Greeny. And you know what that, you know, that, that happens is, well, are we answering to this guy? And when you decide when somebody turns their back, a guy you bring in, whether you liked Bill O'Brien or not. But the center for there's one common denominator of all this. It's Jack Easterby. And it's a, it's a rough thing when somebody brings you in and you turn your back and you wonder if they're going to be uh, taking a machete to your back. And that's a problem here. And when there's no trust from the – listen, if the, if the two biggest uh, – when it comes to trust, the two guys you can't trust the most in the organization are the guys at the top of the food chain – you got a major, major issue. So how can I ask my players to trust what's going on when the guys above them don't trust themselves? So when you don't know who's in charge and there's and people don't know that we always ask players define your role on a field, know what your uh, what the mo of the team is, know what our identity is. They don't have an identity, and they're going to lose one of the best players in football. And JJ Watt gets cut because he wants out. I don't blame him. He should have go play with your brothers and go to Green Bay and do something else. So it's the trust factor, Greeny. That's how it went. One guy goes, the next guy goes, and people's head are starting to look around. And can you imagine coming to work every day and looking around saying, which one of these, what what am I supposed to do? I don't feel comfortable. I don't feel welcome. That doesn't mean kissing the rear end of everybody. It's called respect, common sense, and understanding your role. And how can you ask your players to understand a role 
when your owner and Jack Easterby, whatever we're calling him as far as the leadership goes, co-owner now, if you can't trust those guys and they don't know their role, how can I expect my corner to know his coverage? It's, it's actually become humiliating and embarrassing being in the city. And these poor fans dealing with it every day, they can't wait till baseball season starts. I can imagine. Again, Greeny and Sean Salisbury with me here, and I'm so glad that that we did call you because this is such good insight into a situation that this was kind of what I imagined, but you're living in it every single day and I'm not. So this is where we are. So let me leave it to you with with this question. Sarah Barshop, who covers the Texans for us at ESPN for NFL Nation, Mm -hmm. when all of our NFL Nation reporters wrote about what they expect to happen with Deshaun, some people are saying, oh, he's going to wind up with the Jets. Oh, he's going to wind up with the 49ers. Oh, he's going to wind up here or there. I went to see what she wrote, and she wrote, he's not getting traded. She wrote, the Texans are going to force him to, for lack of a better word, call his bluff, which I don't think he's bluffing, and I don't think you do either, but they're not going to trade him. This season will begin, and he will still be there. Is that your expectation? Hey, Greeny, I've, I've, I've said that all along. Now, listen, I think you'd have to have the mind of a minnow and the football IQ of about four to trade the guy. <laughs> I, I do. I think, you'd, I think you'd be close to it. You'd have to check yourself for insanity. But there's a certain, there comes a point in time where it's fractured so much that the glass shatters. And then you'd have to say, okay, what's the – if we keep him around – and Deshaun's the type of pro, Greeny, that if he does show up to training camp and even though he's disgruntled, he'll play well and play hard. Character guy. I still contend that he will be the starting quarterback for the Texans in the fall because uh, if I was the owner, I'd say, i got to have him. And it's a backhanded compliment to him say, I know you want out, buddy, but you're too good for us to trade because what are you going to get back, 80 cents on that? You're not going to get back what you think. You, you got these franchises spend their whole career, owners, coaches, and general managers trying to find this guy. They try to find this guy, and now that you got him, why do I want to get rid of him to only go look for that guy again? They don't come around very often. So I'm with her. I think that he's going to be here, but it's going to be awfully contentious. But it won't shock – and the reason why I say it won't shock me, because I don't trust the stupidity in the front office, Greeny, to make – that they will make the wrong decision. If they do, you're going to lose – this franchise is worth about $3.3 billion. It'll continue to rise. This The city itself – Will, I, I'm not sure. I know how they react on my radio show. Deshaun Watson right now is the most important person sports-wise in this town. If they lose him, you're going to see a major, major problem in the franchise. And they, will, they may start to walk down to Kirby Avenue and start mm. to stand out in front of the complex. Wow. Really well done. Sean, this was great. It, it, a terrific uh, work here. We will do this again soon. Uh, the best to you, the best of the family. Thanks very much for jumping in, and I'll see you soon. Greeny, thanks, and best to all you great people at ESPN. I appreciate you. All right, that's Sean Salisbury, who, again, was a teammate of ours here uh, quite a long time ago, and, and I was doing sports talk down there in Houston, and I, I, I'll tell you just very quickly how that came to be. So I have been fascinated. Again, Hembo and Bubba with me here today. I've been fascinated by the situation in Houston because there's a person named Jack Easterby. Now, you can be a pretty hardcore fan of, of, of the National Football League in any other city and not have any idea who that is. I think it's reasonable to say that six months ago, I had never heard his name. And now all of a sudden, he's like one of these people that have have become incredibly important. And I'm trying to get to the bottom of what it is. He was the team chaplain of the Patriots. That's where he has the relationship with the new GM, Nick Casario, from. He was the character coach, whatever that means. I don't even know what that is. What is a character coach? Whatever that means, he was that somewhere. And now all of a sudden, he seems to be making all of the decisions in Houston. And this is fascinating to me for a variety of reasons. 
the most significant of which is it is going to lead probably to the departure from the franchise of Deshaun Watson, who I totally agree with, Sean, and you have heard me say this before. If Deshaun Watson had been drafted by by the Kansas City Chiefs, we would be talking about him as potentially as good as any quarterback we've ever seen. I fully believe that. I'm not telling you he's as good as Mahomes. I'm just telling you he's not far behind. That's how good he is. Mahomes went to the best situation you can be in for a quarterback. Watson went to a terrible situation and has done extraordinary things there. So where does all of this lead? Well, who the heck knows? But it is fascinating, and it is the most important question in the sport. And, you know, for the fans in Houston, again, Hembo was with me here. What did you give me the other day that we got Harden? Who is it? Harden's gone. George Springer gone. DeAndre Hopkins, of course, gone. J.J. Watt gone. I'm not sure any fan base has taken a larger hit recently than these guys. Yeah, James Harden, George Springer, now J.J. Watt, and maybe soon Deshaun Watson. Basically, the athletes who have defined or helped to define Springer being one of the most important people on the Astros, who have defined all of these teams who have all been good. I mean, the, the Astros won one championship, and we all understand there are a lot of questions about it. But that said, they're all good. I mean, the Astros have been good. The Texans have been good. And the Rockets, of course, were really good up until... Just recently. So th- this to me is fascinating. I'm very glad that we made. Oh, anyway, so just to finish my story. So I went on Twitter yesterday and I was looking, I was just looking around at opinions on this and I came across Sean and Sean was giving a lot of the stuff you just heard him say on Twitter. And I thought to myself, let's get him on here because he's close to that situation. He's plugged in with what the fans are thinking and he's plugged in with what the organization is doing. And you just heard it from him. It is as big a mess as we have in sports right now. Okay, the college basketball season is heating up, and that means the Wendy's Wooden Watch has begun. You can go to ESPN.com, search Wooden Watch for the list of the Wooden Award late season top 20 nominees to watch as this season rolls on. Minnesota's Marcus Carr scored 19 points last night to lead the Golden Gophers to a win over number 24 Purdue, the John R. Wooden Award presented by Wendy's. The list is what determines who matters in this business. Green List. All right, it is probably becoming our signature uh, feature here on this program. It is the Green List. Every single day, I pick my top five, this, that, or the other, as voted on exclusively by me, the world's foremost authority on all matters. (laughs) But I've asked Bubba today to procure special Valentine's Day music, because Sunday is Valentine's Day, and that's an important day. Very. Very important. And you want to let that special someone know how much you care. Again, I've told you a million times, 1-800-Flowers.com is the way you take care of that any way you choose. But today, for a very special list, I wanted to do the top five people in sports who have Valentine's-themed names. And the problem is, I, I, I put that request out to the staff, and I've got like 40 names here, and I can't choose between them. So I'm going to read some of this list, all right, and Bubba, oh, great song, keep this one going. Bubba and Hembo, you tell me how I narrow this down, all right? I'm just going to read through some names here. We got Bobby Valentine, we got Denzel Valentine, that's easy. We got Cupid Child. Loves Cupid Child. Love Cupid Child. He was a second baseman from 1890 to 1901. He was apparently so large as a child that he resembled a cherub, and thus they nicknamed him Cupid. That's how he became Cupid. That's right. We have Ron Darling. We have Babe Ruth. You got to go with Ron Darling. Great man. <laughs> the Met fan chimes in. We got Kevin Love. We got Lovey Smith. We got Davis Love the Third. We got Bob Love. 
the legendary Chicago Bull. We got Pete Rose, Derek Rose, Jalen Rose, and Justin Rose. We got Trey Flowers, Trey Flowers, Brandon Flowers, and Tyler Flowers. One of those trays has a Y, the other one does not. We got someone named Buttercup Dickerson. Hembo, who's Buttercup Dickerson? Buttercup Dickerson, a dead ball baseball player. <laughs> he was an outfielder from 1878 to 1885. I like Buttercup Dickerson. Me too. Hem- I mean, write that one down, Bubba. We got Candy Maldonado. We got Mike Sweetney. We got Candy Cummings. Candy Cummings. Candy Cummings invented the curveball, believe it or not. <laughs> he was a pitcher from 1872 to 1877. We got Diamond Stone. We got Romeo Crennel. We got Paul Casanova and Tommy Casanova and Raul Casanova. We got Mike Hart. And then finally, we've got Bob Huggins, whose name is the only thing about him that makes me think of Valentine's Day. <laughs> <laughs> Having interviewed Bob Huggins. No person has ever less made me think of a hug than Bob Huggins. So, guys, how was I supposed to narrow this down? Again, Pete Rose, Derek Rose, Jalen Rose, Justin Rose, Trey Flowers, Trey Flowers, Brandon Flowers, Tyler Flowers, Kevin Love, Lovey Smith, Davis Love, Bob Love, Bobby Valentine, Denzel Valentine, Ron Darling, Babe Ruth, Fred Couples, Bob Huggins, Mike Hart, Romeo Cornell, Paul Tommy and Raul Casanova, Diamond Stone, Cupid Childs, Buttercup Dickerson, Candy Maldonado, Mike Sweetney, and Candy Cummings. Bubba, help me. How was I supposed to narrow this down? Uh, I think you just go with Buttercup Dickerson and call it a day. <laughs> Buttercup Dickerson. That would be number one. What would be your number one, Hemba? What has to be on the list? Cupid Child. Yeah, Cupid Child. Cupid Child is a great Valentine's name. And Buttercup Dickerson and Candy Cummings. We could have made a list of exclusively baseball players from the 19th century. That's right. That should be the list. Okay. That's it. When we redo this in our second hour, Bubba, I'm changing the list. The list is going to be 19th century baseball players whose names inspire Valentine's Day thoughts. That is fantastic. And a very, very happy Valentine's Day to all of the sweethearts everywhere. Coming up next, I will give you absolute proof that the surest thing in sports is anything but a sure thing. Absolute proof of that after this word from ZipRecruiter. Look, the best teams start with great talent, but finding the right people can be a challenge. When it comes to hiring, ZipRecruiter can help you find the right candidates for your team fast. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 top job sites. They're so effective. Four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. So you can try it free. Go to ZipRecruiter free by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. At ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny, ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. We're also brought to you by DraftKings. Two of the most respected fighters in the sport stepped back into the octagon this weekend to compete for the welterweight title. DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of UFC, is giving new players a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. It's easy. You pick six fighters. You stay under the salary cap. You pile up points for advances, takedowns, and more. Download the DraftKings app now. Use my name, Greeny, as the code. You get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes throughout the week. That's code Greeny, only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. I'm Greeny, and this is ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. 
Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. If you're just joining us, if you've been sort of unplugged from the world for the last hour or so, J.J. Watt has been released by the Houston Texans. He posted a video in which he said he asked for his release and has been granted it, and that led us to call up Sean Salisbury, who's a talk show host in Houston now, and of course a former NFL player and former colleague of mine here at ESPN, someone I've known for years, and he just unloaded. We're going to cut up some of that interview and bring it back in case you missed it. I mean, Sean just flamed the Houston Texans organization in exactly the way I think all of us presume things are going, but he's down there actually living in it every single day. The Texans are a, are a I don't even like this expression, but they're a dumpster fire. I, that's an expression that I, people use. I don't like it, but it actually seems like the only one. And the question that matters for all of us across the sport is what does this mean for Deshaun Watson? And it actually leads us to a pretty interesting question. You ask these questions. Greeny's question of the day. The question of the day that people have been asking for a while, and I will give it to you here. I've answered this a million times. If Houston really is going to trade Deshaun Watson, probably the most attractive option would be to try and get Jacksonville to trade them the number one pick in the draft. Now, as we speak, Trevor Lawrence is doing his pro day in Clemson, which is admirable because he certainly didn't have to. He was going to be the number one pick in this draft, whether he did a pro day or not. But he's doing it, and that's all well and good, and he's going to be the first pick. But the question is, would you trade the rights to drafting Trevor Lawrence for Deshaun Watson? And the overwhelming answer is yes. You'd be crazy not to. I told you I would offer you absolute proof that the surest thing in sports is anything but a sure thing. So do you think Trevor Lawrence is a sure thing? I'm going to tell you right now he's not. And here's why. His draft grade right now is 97. And I want to make it 100% clear. I love the kid, okay? I am rooting for him like crazy, and I have no doubt he... I believe he's going to be a really good player, at least has the tools to be a really good player, and the circumstances into which he winds up being drafted will determine how good he is, as is the case with all of these guys. But his draft grade of 97, you just wonder, how does that compare to some others? You know who else had a draft grade of 97? Jameis Winston. 
You know who else had a draft grade of 97? Robert Griffin III. You know who had a draft grade of 96? Blaine Gabbert. So how does that work? How do these projections always wind up turning out? The highest rated prospect in the last 10 drafts is Andrew Luck with 99. And he certainly lived up to it. He was a great player and had he not retired would still be a great player. Jameis Winston, RG3, and now Trevor Lawrence are next. If Trevor Lawrence lives up to that, he'll be the only one who did. Blaine Gabbert just got himself a Super Bowl ring. (laughs) He watched Tom Brady win that Super Bowl just like we did. Joe Burrow had a draft grade of 94. Sam Darnold had a draft grade of 94. Ryan Tannehill had a draft grade of 94. Deshaun Watson had a grade of 88. He's better than any of those guys. Lamar Jackson, 87. Patrick Mahomes, 85. Patrick Mahomes, we're now talking about being the greatest quarterback we've ever seen. His draft grade was 85. Derek Carr was 68. Dak Prescott was 48. Dak Prescott's draft grade was 48. He's about to become the richest football player that ever walked the face of planet Earth, and he deserves it. So these grades, and I'm not knocking the graders. What this is an indication of is not that these guys don't know what they're talking about. It is that this is more an art than it is a science. You can tell how big and strong and fast these guys are. You can judge their arm talent. You can judge their leg talent, as Ninko called it on TV today. You can, you can tell how fast they, you can see how impressed you are with the way they read things on a board. But what makes quarterbacks really good are things that you generally cannot tell ahead of time which is how they will react to adverse circumstances, how they will deal with the people who are around them, and then a whole bunch of things they can't control. I'm telling you right now, I've said this before, and I'll say it again. If Sam Darnold had been juxtaposed with Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes right now would be on the verge of being the former quarterback of the New York Jets, and Sam Darnold would be a star in the NFL. I'm not trying to tell you Darnold is as good as Mahomes. I'm telling you that if Patrick Mahomes has been drafted into the exact circumstances Sam Darnold has been in since he came into the NFL, Patrick Mahomes would not have succeeded because no one could have. No one was overcoming Adam Gase and and the overwhelming dysfunction of that organization. Mike McCagnin and all the disaster that was the Jets. And they're not the only one, but it's a good example because Darnold has a draft grade of 94. And so people are going to look at McShay and say, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. How could you give that guy a 94 grade and now he's a bust? Oh, really? Well, that has everything to do with the circumstances he wound up in and much less to do with Sam. So the bottom line of it is let's see what Trevor Lawrence's circumstances are. If you could tell me that ahead of time, I'll tell you how likely he is to be a great player. So that is where we are today. And that's what I'm doing if I'm right now If I'm Jacksonville, I call up Houston and I say, I'll trade you the first pick in this draft for Deshaun Watson. And maybe the Texans are just dumb enough to do it. Back in a flash on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast.